0: Here we are broadcasting inside the Bryant Stratton College Athletic Studios. We go on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, talk to Ryan Wolstat, Toronto Sun, covering, of course, the Raptors. Ryan, how are you? Thank
1: you. Hi, Ryan.
2: Good. How are you guys doing?
1: Oh, we're doing all right. Uh, this series, do you think Toronto played all that great in that series against Philadelphia? I, I mean, some of the games I saw, I didn't think they they brought their best game. I think they're better than that.
2: Yeah, they definitely are. They um, There have been a lot of points in these playoffs where they've not been the team that kind of, was one of the, you know, two or three best in the NBA after Marcus Saul was acquired. They, you know, once he came aboard, they shot up in offensive efficiency, they started making more shots, their defense was better, everything was really good. And I think against Orlando they were really good. But then again, Orlando isn't the same caliber as a Philadelphia or a Milwaukee or even a Boston. And then in, in the Sixers series it was such a weird series. It was there were some games they were really good and a lot of games they were Not so good, and even a couple games they were very bad. And the main thing was the offense was was really shaky at times, and Kawhi just bailed them out. I think the one thing that they did really well against the Sixers, who are a very talented team, is the defense was very good for a large portion of that, especially um, in games five and seven.
0: We look at the Raptors team, and when we start naming off players, I think sometimes we forget all about Kyle Lowry, who has had struggles in the first round of some of these playoff series, but has also been very good at getting himself – you know, to the free throw line and has been a valuable part of that team. What kind of Kyle Lowry can we expect against Eric Bledsoe, who he's not historically done well against?
2: Yeah, I think it might be different than the guy Bucks fans remember from the last time these teams played a couple of years ago. He doesn't have the same scoring load that he did when it was kind of him and DeMar DeRozan doing all the scoring. Now, obviously, Kawhi is the main guy, and Pascal Siakam has emerged, and, and Gasol got his, and Danny Green's a great shooter. So Kyle's kind of taken a he'll, – he'll take what comes to him. And it's kind of – in some ways, it's a waste, because he's one of the best uh, pull-up three-point shooters in the league. He's not quite a Steph Curry or Damian Lillard, but his numbers have all have – the, for the past bunch of years have been similar in that he's going to take a ton of them and make a ton of them. But that's kind of changed this year. He's more of a facilitator. And I think he's going to need to be more aggressive. But as you said – Against Bledsoe, he hasn't had success. I don't think he's had much success against Malcolm Brogdon either, and I definitely know for sure because I've covered the series, the couple of series. He's really, really struggled against George Hill. So even when they go to Hill off the bench or whatever, it, it, it's going to be a struggle for Kyle because Hill was the better player when uh, the Raptors and Pacers met in the first round and went seven games a couple of years ago, and Hill actually outplayed him. And then when, uh, when Hill was on Cleveland, he he really gave Kyle trouble as well. So I think that's a huge advantage for the Bucks having a bunch of guards that can really neutralize Lowry. You
1: know, Lowry, a few years ago when he was a free agent, I was like, man, I, that I, that's a nice get for anybody who goes out and pick him, uh, uh, signs him, and he ends up staying with uh, the Raptors. But, man, he just hasn't been the player I thought he was going to be.
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting, though. But he does all these little things that justify the, the value. I know they gave him a huge contract, 30, mm-hmm. $30-ish million a year, but he just he makes winning plays. He, he won them. You know, Kawhi was the guy in that series, but, but Lowry also won them that series. He was probably the second best Raptor. He did everything. He got, for a guy that's six feet to get a bunch of offensive rebounds, to make the key passes, to, to take charges. He led them. He's a bit like uh, Ilya Sova, except six foot version. He's been awesome at uh, taking charges. He's just always in the right spot. So, yeah, his statistics aren't what they once were, but he still drives winning at a higher rate than a lot of other players. And it's just kind of, uh, it's a bit under the radar what he does.
0: Talking with Ryan Wolstadt, Toronto's son, Wolstad's son on Twitter, the bench for the Bucks I think is a big advantage in this series, yeah. and they sort of helped seal Game Four in Boston when all of our top guys were in foul trouble. They not only kept the Celtics at arm's length, they extended that lead and kind of took away their will. Uh, Toronto only going seven deep in Game Seven. What's going on with some of those guys? Why they're not? Are they just not good enough to get playing time? Have they lost Nick Nurse's trust?
2: Yeah, that's basically it. I mean, it's funny, last year Toronto had the best bench in the NBA and Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet led the way and DeLon Wright as well. And then now they've they've traded some of that depth when they made the Marcus Gasol trade. They traded uh, DeLon Wright, they traded Jonas Valanciunas, who was coming off the bench behind Serge Ibaka at the time. Uh, Norman Powell has been really up and down. He's had some really good stretches this year and some really not-so-good stretches. It's just, yeah, the bench just hasn't gotten it done. Jeremy Lin has been a huge bust. They thought he'd be... They got him when Van Vliet was injured and they thought he'd be a big help, but he kind of forgot how to shoot and how and, and to run a pick and roll. So They just haven't been able to use him at all. And with Powell so inconsistent, really the only two guys that, that Nick Nurse has been trusting are Serge Ibaka, who was really good against the Sixers, and uh, Van Vliet, who kind of hasn't had a good playoffs, but has come on lately, which is a good sign for the Raptors. But I think they're going to try to get Patrick McCaw, who at least has experience of playing in the NBA Finals and is a really disruptive defender. They'll probably try to get him some minutes but they're uh, sorry there's a big uh, Milwaukee Transit going by Uh, but yeah basically if they had O.G. Ananobi who's been hurt all season and just had his appendix removed that would be a big help for the Raptors but unfortunately for them it's unlikely that Ananobi uh, makes it back for the series or if he does it'll be very late in the series if it goes that long
1: you know they scrapped Dwayne Casey who won coach of the year Uh, Nick Nurse comes around and he wins 58 games what's the biggest difference between Nurse and Casey has there been an upgrade at all
2: yeah, they're very different. I mean, uh, nurses look for a more free-flowing offense. He he's mixed and matched a lot more in preparation for the playoffs. Like he tried every lineup under the sun, and also with Kawhi sitting out so many games, and Lowry missed like 15 games, so they had to really get creative and 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 just mess around with the lineups all season. And that's that's stead them well uh, for the playoffs, where they had to do some different things, like playing uh, Gasol and Ibaka together, going big. And I just think that they've sped things up. He's taken more input from the players. They've uh, Defensively, they're a little different. They're a little more aggressive. They look to get out and run more. There's been little things like that, but the changes work for the Raptors. Like They were very good before, obviously, and now I think when you add a guy like Ka- Kawhi Leonard, it's going to make a huge difference. But considering this is Nurse's first year as an NBA head coach, I think he's done a really good job. And it's interesting that Budenholzer and Nurse were the two guys that the Raptors really liked. Yeah. And then now they end up facing each other now.
0: And Nurse, his name was kind of shout out down here, too, during that Coaching surge. Ryan Wolstead joining us. Toronto, Sun. I really think the Bucks are going to make this a quick series, and and we're trying not to give the Toronto Raptors any less credit than they deserve. They've been the team that I think is going to give the Bucks the biggest challenge all season. But here we are now, seeing how the Bucks played against Boston, knowing that Toronto struggled a little bit against Philly, and I, and I think Bucks in five is a likely scenario why do you think we're overlooking Toronto and how do you see this play uh, this series playing out
2: well I mean I'm not too far off originally I thought it would be Bucks in five but I've I've changed that to Bucks in six I just think the Raptors can play a lot better I don't think they're as good as the Bucks so I think they're going to lose but I think they're a lot better than and we kind of mentioned this off the top like I think they're a lot better than they've shown at some point their resume is going to come through and they're going to hit those shots they hit Nobody hit more open shots in the second half of the season than these Raptors, and nobody's really missing more in the playoffs than these Raptors. So I think that'll come around. They have Kawhi Leonard, who's about as close to as good as Giannis as you can get in the NBA. he's, he's playing out of his mind, obviously. But, like you said, I think the Bucks are too good. They're, you know, I don't know how they're going to stop Giannis. Siakam's not 100%. I would have liked to see the Raptors with O.G. Ananobi, who's a really big body who can really defend, great athlete, but just another guy to throw at Middleton or Giannis. I think think it would have been a more competitive series, but I think the Raptors will do better than people think, but I think it's, you know, if they keep missing the threes, it very well could be five games, but I think they'll find a way to to stretch it out a little more and at least make it competitive.
0: Do you think, however, Toronto plays in the next couple of weeks is going to have an impact on what decision Kawhi Leonard makes? Or is he gone? Is he staying? Do you have any idea?
2: Nobody has any idea. I don't even think uh, his Uncle Dennis might not even have any idea. The Raptors definitely have no idea. Like Nobody really knows. He's kept it so close to the vest all year. I think it's going to come down to the Clippers or, or Raptors, but it depends how much he wants to go home. I know that the Raptors have done everything possible they can to make him happy, and I, I don't think uh, making the finals would, would move the needle that much. I think he knows that if he stays... This is a team that's going to compete to get to the finals uh, every year. They might not make it, but they'll be right there in the East. So I think he already knows that. Obviously, it'll help a little bit if they could upset the Bucks. but I think basically it's just going to come down to at the time he's just going to make his decision. He's going to factor everything in. But like I said, the Raptors have done everything possible to keep him happy. They, they, they did a masterful job. I know some people didn't like the load management stuff, but it kept him happy. It kept his people happy. It kept his body right and allowed him to have this uh, huge playoff. So I think he, he really trusts the medical staff, and that's a huge thing. And he likes his teammates. But, you know, if a guy wants to go home, be close to family, then you can't really stop that, as uh, teams have found out over the years. Ryan, appreciate
0: it. Keep up the good work. We'll look forward to your coverage as well from the Raptors' perspective, and we'll talk to you down the line.
2: Thanks, Ryan. All right. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the series.
0: Yeah, you too, Ryan Wolstead. joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Looking to buy, build, renovate, or refinance in 2019? Question mark? Look no further and call Great Midwest Bank today, exclamation point. Great Midwest Bank, providing simply local common sense lending to your community since 1935. So that was a cordial conversation with a Canadian. Uh, in the 8 o'clock hour, and we've put the podcast up, you can see the video on Facebook Live. We had a gentleman in here, Alan Carter, Toronto newsman, that's down here in Milwaukee trying to figure out what this town is all about Think of him as the Fox 6 Ted Perry of Canada, uh, even looks like him. Mm-hmm. He's been tweeting his adventures at A. Carter Global. He just took a picture of Fiserv Forum next to the Bradley Center. There's like one section of stands left. He says the Milwaukee Bucks play in a brand new stadium. The carcass of the old arena remains next door. The remnants of the stands bleaching in
1: the Wisconsin sun. Yeah, he was a good guest. We'll try to get him on some other time, uh maybe on the phone line. But uh yeah, he took shots at us. We took I took shots at Canada, and uh that was it. We went back and forth for fifteen minutes. Jake tweets
0: in, I do call it just the forum. Also, I didn't know Bart was such a Toronto homer. Heart emoji Wisconsin slash MKE Heart Emoji. Yeah. I'm not a Toronto homer. No, I just don't I think, think you're underrating a very I feel like any jewel city of this country or I, I, continent.
1: I feel like anytime I say something bad about uh, Canada or I say something good about our state, you, you, I don't get the backing from you. I love Wisconsin. Okay, I don't. I don't feel it. I don't feel I get the backing from you. I feel like I'm just. I've lived here my whole life. You know when if I didn't I, love I, it, I'd be gone. I felt when he was in our studio, you were not backing me. You were not on my side.
0: No, I was just playing traffic cop between you two. No,
1: I feel that you were laughing. You were on his side, and, you know, he's going old school. You, as my partner on a Milwaukee radio station, were on Canada's side. No, what I did
0: think was, and you
1: guys can listen to this
0: interview on the podcast, I thought it was very funny that uh, after two minutes, he could tell you
1: were still kind of stuck in the 80s. So? And what's so wrong with that? I thought it was funny. I just think that you didn't... You want you want the Bucs to win in the series now. I'm oh, wondering. Come on. Come on. You want the Bucs to win, don't you? Yes. You're not cheering for the Raptors. No, and in I'm fact. I'm starting to wonder now.
0: Chuck, I in fact, <laughs> I even called my parents last night. Uh-huh. And I said, are you watching the game? And I said, I'm bumming out right now because my Portland Trailblazers are down six. I'm even rooting against Golden State right now.
1: Now, why would you root against Golden State? Because I
0: think they're going to be a tougher out than the Trailblazers okay. in the finals. Okay.
1: So you're with me, like your brother, okay, he's part of the Golden State yeah. Warriors. I want Golden State out. Yeah, there you go. Yep. I told you if my mom was coaching the Chicago Bears, I'd be all against her.
0: Yep, I want them out. Yes. I want the Bucks to have a nice, smooth... Portland Trailblazers. All right. Now, now, bet, when, the NBA when we have these
1: visitors on our radio station here, I want you back at me. Don't be backing. Don't be siding with me and laughing about me being old school. I just want everyone to have like. Me. It's is my back. biggest flaw. Well, you're not going to get me to like you, and my fans out there. You're
0: already like you. a lost cause. <laughs> so I move on to strangers. It's Chuck and Winkler on the fan.
2: Okay, picture this: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.